0: Hello and welcome to today's Born Human podcast. Thanks as ever for joining us. Today I am joined by a wonderful chap called Alex Priddle. Alex is someone that I train with at the gym and regularly puts me to shame on the air bike, which is all the more embarrassing for the fact that we're about to have this conversation about his heart condition. Since we recorded this actually, Alex is now a dad, so a massive congratulations to him. He is currently enduring and embracing sleepless nights and all the fun that comes with that, which is great to see. But we're going all science geek and nerd on you today because it's important to look at what modern science can do. And for Alex, having this heart condition, it's called Lloyd's Dietz. It's something that's a real been a real risk to his health and his family's health over the years. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. A really eye-opening conversation for me trying to understand about all the amazing things that science can do. I hope you enjoy it. I'll leave you to Alex and I having a chat. Welcome to today's Born Human podcast. Today I'm very lucky to be joined by a man who's come into my life in the last year or so, Mr. Alex Priddle. How are you, Alex? Yes, good. Thank you, Andy. Good. Welcome welcome aboard. So Alex and I met um, at the gym that I train at now. I was, well, I guess we're we're early birds. I think that's a fair way to put it. Since (laughs) having kids, um, I've always taken the early route because it's the only window I get to do any exercise without being interrupted. And Alex is just mental enough to get up at that time of the morning and do it as well, um, but yeah. I, and actually, we've got lots of things in common, which we realised afterwards. We both went to the same school, right? Yeah. Don't we both live in Bath now? But both went to Billoericky School. Um, lots of weird coincidences over time, but um, yeah. So we were talking, obviously, doing the podcast, and. Um, Alex and his wife Kirsty are having a baby, which is amazing news uh, congratulations Thanks. firstly um, and While we were talking about that, uh, it became apparent that actually their route to having a baby was less than straightforward i'd say um, so after we'd had the conversation, we said, "Well, do you want to come on the podcast and here we are here today we are, yeah. so we'll kick off i 'm not going to give it any more away than that but um let's kick off tell me a bit about your childhood Alex and kind of where it all started for you kind of thing
1: yeah so uh, like you say uh Billericke, uh born and bred uh thankfully uh probably uh my my parents uh d- didn't didn't uh give me the Essex accent so I, <laughs> not not uh not everybody always knows but um yeah so yeah uh moved moved to Bath a few years ago uh my wife uh Kirsty is from from Bath originally so uh, yeah that's how I found myself in Bath but yeah born and bred in Essex like I say um and I guess you know, the the, the main thing that obviously we're sort of you know here to talk about in a sense is 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 my is my medical condition yeah um uh, that has you know led to us having the slightly abnormal uh route of 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 conceiving our uh our child um so yeah so my family uh has a genetic heart condition um which uh initially was uh diagnosed um when my uncle died um at 32 um of an aortic aneurysm dissection um and uh yeah so he was 32 so so, bit of a way bit, too young. bit of a red flag, yeah, yeah. in that sense. So, uh, so yes, that was uh, so that was in 1985, I think. Um, right. And he, yeah. So, so they started to do some do some tests on the family. Um, and, and, and started to, to spot, um, the, 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 traits of the condition. Uh, so yeah. originally the condition was, uh, diagnosed as something called Marfan syndrome. Right. Um, that has subsequently been re-diagnosed or, uh, sort of, uh, reassessed and split into a few different, uh, different versions of, of that condition. Um, so mine's, uh, specifically Lois Dietz. Right. Um and And basically, what it is is it, it's a connective tissue disorder okay. so it affects different different parts of the different parts of the body uh, makes you um basically hyper ex- hyperextending uh joints and bits and pieces but the, the yeah. most the most critical element is 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 that of the uh is the aorta and the pressure in the aorta builds and 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 basically makes the aorta stretch to the point at which it which it bursts. okay. Um, so, so yeah, so they, so they, they started to diagnose the family and, and realized obviously that my, my uncle Ian had, had had it. Uh, my mum, um, who, who was, uh, yeah, a couple of years younger. So I think she was 30 at the time she was diagnosed. She had it and um, my nan had it and they they, they did sort of track it back a couple more generations, they think, um, based on the traits of it, which generally is you're very, very tall, quite slim, long, long bones, uh, long fingers, long toes, big feet, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually quite abnormally small. I'm six (laughs) foot two um, where, uh, you know, my uncle was six foot four and there's lots of people who are much, much taller than me. So um, I think that was one of the reasons why it hadn't necessarily been diagnosed in the family was that actually it was, yeah, we didn't necessarily, you know, there's some people who are yeah, six foot six, six foot eight, yeah. basketball players in the US who, have, you know, have got it at seven foot tall and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, um, yeah so it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, there are some quite visual traits, um, but the most, obviously the most concerning are the ones that are the most critical in terms of the aorta. So yeah, um, so yeah, so my mum was subsequently diagnosed um, and, and then I was born a couple of years later yeah. um, and uh, diagnosed at birth yeah. um, with the condition. Um, and then yeah my mum uh my mum passed away a couple of years ago um she'd had a couple of operations um on her aorta um and then uh, yeah and then and and, and basically uh, had a um the, the sort of had the the aortic root and aortic arch done um uh, in in terms of like repairing it Yeah. Um, but then uh, then uh, her aortic uh, descending um part of the aorta uh dilated and, and unfortunately she, she passed away yeah. um and my nan passed away at 70 so i'm sort of the last in the family with yeah. it um, but uh, the good news is as, as as time's gone on and and the medical uh, science has improved the knowledge of it has improved so much um that the treatment and the preventative measures are so much so now that they are, you know, life expectancy is, is good. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we'll come on to the, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of, you know, the process we've taken in terms of having a, uh, getting pregnant and, and, you know, to have a child um, because, yeah, there's 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 lots of things that we had to think about there. So, so yeah. yeah, so um, I, yeah, I had, uh, so I had aortic root replacement surgery at 28, so six years ago. Um, so do
0: they fully replace your AHA.
1: so uh so it's the aortic root was the bit that was done for me it's generally the first bit that needs to be done as the uh, pressure is highest as it comes out of the you know blood comes out of the a uh, out of the heart um to pump pumped around your body yeah so get it around your body it's obviously very very high where the pressure's pressure. highest kind of thing though. yeah so that's the that's the bit that tends to take the brunt of it first um so um yeah so they did yeah full open heart surgery sort of nine ten hour job um and uh yeah did a fantastic job um and yeah it's 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 basically a fabric mesh that goes uh a sort of a graft around the top that part of the aorta um and yeah thankfully they were able to save my valve as it comes out of the out of the uh, out of the heart because you know if you don't you have a magnetic right not mag- um, a metallic sort of valve like yeah. it ticks and you have to have warfarin and bits and pieces so yeah. it's one of those ones that it's good where if the, they saved it so that was that was great yeah. so um yeah and and yeah pretty much you know made a full recovery um yeah, yeah it took a quite a while i was going to um, say how long did it take yeah i was back to work after <laughs> I was back to work after 6 weeks which was a bit early enough. i think i was supposed to be um and um yeah, put my wife through wife through hell for a few weeks unfortunately. Um yeah. but yeah, it was back to work after 6 and I think yeah, back playing sport again a bit too early. Mm. That's the that's the that's the way yeah. That's that's, the, that's, that's the way we are. Human trait, <laughs> yeah, that's always too impatient. Can't sit still. Yeah, yeah, yeah very impatient. Uh, didn't realise I needed to work as much as I did after a couple of weeks of not working. And yeah, just yeah, going a bit stir crazy. I uh, yeah, I realised I really really needed to get back to work. Sitting still
0: is quite difficult though, isn't it? Like it's it is, yeah. like the recovery of like um, even on. Uh, I I think I'm pretty confident. I had like. Covid over Christmas before it all kind of um I had nothing I hadn't seen any bats or anything like that so I definitely wasn't like a precursor to it <laughs> but I was basically sat still for like ten days in bed kind of locked in my bedroom kind of thing and it was horrible it was yeah. hellish like I mean I've I had Netflix backed up to the hills because I've got kids and and all that kind of stuff so I had loads to watch and loads to the things that I wanted to do I mean I wasn't well so it wasn't like I was like fully functioning but mm. still. Being asked to just sit still and not really do a lot. For
1: it's someone inherently... so uncomfortable. Yeah, for somebody who likes to be active as well. Like you, yeah. It's, uh, it's I mean, it difficult. just pull,
0: it pulls you like every day. is yeah. like, a, oh God, I just like... I, I know it's not just the fact that I can't do anything that day. It's like how much longer it's going to take me to get back to being fit and, you know, comfortable with that sort of stuff again. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough, right? And it's not... yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 i'd say you know i'm very active lots of lots of sport that sort of thing so yeah. Yeah, i was properly climbing the walls after a few weeks but it's one of those ones i mean they've taken a bone saw through your through your sternum so yeah. you need to give it time. respect so, it yeah yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah yeah you need to give it time to to <laughs> take so yeah. Uh, so yeah so yeah let's say uh you know I've, i was i was well looked after and uh yeah i i have a you know checkups every every year and um
0: where was that done is it so done- that was
1: done at uh, St george's at in tooting in london okay um, yeah. so i'd been I'd been under their care uh they were a Marfan... or sort of, um genetic uh heart condition specialists yeah uh, so i'd been under their care since i was basically since i was born yeah uh, my mum my mum was uh, was there and and yeah they were the ones that diagnosed it yeah um so yeah even when i moved down to bath i was you know going back and forth having yeah. that uh, echoes and, and mris and whatnot just to just to keep an eye on it and, yeah yeah they're very uh yeah very very good hospital with very good uh yeah very very uh very high standards so you know i, I always felt like i was in really really good, good hands, hands. So, yeah. so, you know that was that was good we we had a yeah there was a lady there who's our who was our specialist for, for a long time and um you know she was she was the one who really put us on the path to where we went um to uh to initially look look at the roots of having a having a child um so yeah so that was you know that was how we got onto that sort of route so was, yeah um, yeah it's it's been a it's been an interesting journey to um for us to to try and uh try and conceive a child so we um we we had you know had these conversations with the consultant around okay there's now they've done so much more to identify the condition Mm. and and how the uh, the the sort of gene um, mutation yeah has you know has led to people having the, the condition um and they 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 did a lot of genetic testing on us when we we decided to, to to go down the route of of trying to have a child and remove the gene. That was that was our first route really that we wanted to take. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's using a, a form of IVF called PGD, which is um, pre-implantation uh, genetic di- uh, diagnosis. Yeah. So yeah, so they look at they they basically compare my my mum's. Uh, uh, profile my profile my dad's profile and then sort of match okay right well that's the one that's is slightly irregular yeah um and then they amazingly can uh go through uh yeah the sort of IVF process you know egg, egg collection yeah and um yeah uh, yeah it, um where yeah, obviously they're kind the, of the, isolated of yeah and they can identify so after five days they can identify the um embryos <laughs> that have the condition and the embryos that don't have the condition which to this day absolutely absolutely blows my mind and i think that um say we would we were we were put on this track and it was like you know this this is you know that we we weren't forced down it but we were heavily you know it was heavily suggested to us that this is the route that you should go down because you know we do what you can and i was like yeah absolutely i think that you know for us you know it's not something that is You know, it can be quite life limiting, but it's one of those things that, you know, is manageable. But if we can get it out, you know, then wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, if science can do it to help you, then why not? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so we, you know, we, 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 we started down that, that path. And um, we, we perhaps, I think at the time, didn't quite realize the extent of the, how, how long it would take and um emotionally um and and physically Same as the cat yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, quite how how draining it would be yeah um so you know initially we had to go through um a pretty extensive funding period um and you know thankfully the nhs you know really looks upon this you know sort of thing there's obviously lots of conditions where this sort of treatment can apply yeah um and you know they, so that's
0: specialist funding presumably yeah for this kind yeah of thing. so
1: obviously ivf is a bit of a postcode lottery <clears throat> if it's for fertility challenges yeah. um when it's the uh when it's the uh pgd side they they look at it a little bit more um i don't know they take a little bit more of a long-term view i think they they realize yeah. the more invest now they're mortgaging the costs, costs less yeah, in the long absolutely, run. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. So yeah. they think, you know, get these conditions out yeah. because you know, you look at me at twenty eight, I had to have, you know, a full hospital team, yeah. uh, surgery team to, you know, to, to you know to do that surgery and all the you know the care before and after and everything, obviously it's gonna be expensive. So yeah. you know, the more that they can get rid of these conditions early, the better, really. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so so we were lucky in a sense that we uh, yeah, we obviously got we got the funding after yeah, probably 18, 18 months coming up. I would think it was nearly 18 months. Yeah. Um, Do you
0: go on like a waiting list? I basically,
1: yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the oh, point wow. at which we entered the process, they'd used up the funding for that year right and then uh we were then on the list and i think we are subsequently they used up all the funding for the next year before they got to us yeah um which you know it's just you know there's 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 demand for these things and you know it's you know it's about you know waiting your turn isn't it yeah um you know we were more than happy to do it because we thought you know this is the right this is the right thing for us to do and that sort of thing so um yeah did
0: you can I, i just i wonder i'm just so, just in terms of timeline, you had your heart—you had your open heart surgery at twenty-eight. Yep. When did you and Kirsty decide that you wanted kids? Kind of thing.
1: It's, yeah, good question. Kirsty and I met when we were eighteen. Okay. Um, so, and childhood yeah. sweethearts. Well, yeah, you uni- university, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and you know we sort of yeah never looked back really from 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 that point. And I think uh, I'd I'd come to the. You know, in my own mind, I wanted kids. You know, indi- you know, as, as individually, I think when I was pretty young. Yeah, I yeah. Always, knew you'd always wanted them. Knew always wanted kids. You know, always. You know, you know, got on, got on well with, you know, with kids and that sort of thing. So, you yeah. know, I knew that it was something I, I wanted to do. Yeah. And you know, when I met Kirsty, I think you know she was pretty much of the same thought that you yeah, know, one day she'd like to have children. And um, so yeah, I think it was probably, I don't know, yeah, probably in our early twenties that we, you know, we knew. Yeah, we wanted to be together for a long time, and you know, we got past the end of uni and stayed together and that sort of thing. And yeah. and 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 you know, again, never really looked back on on our relationship. So it was one of those ones that we knew that it was it was you know it was it was, it was part, inevitable. It was part of, of our future. You it, yeah. Um so, yeah, so I think, you know, I think we first had an initial conversation with the consultant when I well, probably when I was about 24, 25. Around.
0: So pre-surgery kind of thing. Yeah, you were pre-surgery. talking about what happens and how do we kind of do yeah. that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I
1: think this is where, you know, I look back on it and, you know, obviously never want to look back with any regret. But I think, you know, I look back at it and go. You know, we probably at that stage could have asked more questions and could have, you know, yeah. could have could have found out more and done more research on it because it was one of those things where, you know, it was like, oh, you know, that's the good, you know, that's the route you should take. That's the route you, should, you know, we were advised yeah. to take. And and, um, and it was one of those ones where um, it didn't necessarily pan out exactly how we expected and the time frames didn't necessarily pan out exactly as we'd expected yeah and and I think you know it was made out to us that it was a very it was a very sure thing yeah and I think that's the thing that I I take away from all of this is, is actually there was so much more to it than just the sure thing you know oh, yeah. you, you will go through this and it'll be absolutely fine yeah and you know you'll do this and you'll do that and happy days you'll have a couple of kids out of it yeah, oh, yeah. it's great you know and, and they won't and, have the
0: condition anymore I mean, exactly. kind of and unique, it would you know? all be
1: rosy and and i think you know perhaps slightly naive from on my part that i you know didn't you know slightly younger didn't ask those 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 questions that now maybe slightly uh, slightly older i'd ask those more pressing questions uh, you know about yeah. the process and everything so
0: but so, you, you also you know more you know more about the condition now because you're older. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess we're all guilty of that, right? When you're sort of younger, you you sort of mid twenties, you kind of feel like you know everything. Yeah. And then actually, when you look back from your thirties, you go, "Jeez, I didn't really, didn't really know nothing. much then as well." <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> and so, actually, uh, you know, being kind to yourself is probably not. It's probably the way anyone would have handled it. You know, and you are, you know, we trust in. Oh, absolutely. Medical professionals, and that's not to say that they're not to be trusted in this situation. But it's like, um, it is a very, I remember somebody saying to us with the kids when we, um, we had complications and, and issues with, uh, our oldest when he was born and he had like, um, he had a lot of UTIs that kind of went into okay. a kidney infection, etc., cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it got quite serious. They put you in hospital. Right. And then somebody turned around and said to us, you know, you can sort of ask for a different consultant or you can ask for Uh, you can ask for a second opinion yes and my you know i've grown up in a world where it's like i'm just grateful for the nhs i don't question anything they say i just potluck go in sit down if i've got something that needs sorting out then whoever i get to sort it out is going to be doing it for me and that's kind of it um and i'm grateful kind Mm. of thing but actually you know going through going through that what we we would we were told, actually, you don't have to accept anything mm. kind of thing. You can kind of take it as you can... You have options. Ask for options, yeah. And actually, that's, I mean, quite naturally, it's not something the NHS is going to broadcast and be like, hey, if you're not happy, kind of, you know, go to, go to a <laughs> referral yeah. service. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and actually, you know, let's not kind of... I'm not saying this in any way to kind of do a disservice to the NHS. It's amazing. Mm. And, and my experience at the NHS has been nothing but... Incredible, um, yeah, and me, yeah. As of most people, I yeah. think. I mean, you know, I think medicine is one of those subjects that actually there will be outcomes that aren't as positive as you'd like. Yes, yeah. and actually, that that will leave a sour taste for people. And and you know, entirely respect that people have their own experiences of it. Mine personally has been great. Yes, um, but it is interesting to think that you you can sort of ask those questions yes. and not just walk in and be told an answer. Yeah. And I think at the age of twenty four, twenty five. You know, I wouldn't have even dreamed of no. saying, actually, do you mind if I just explore this? I'd like yeah, to question the, yeah. your judgment a yeah, bit yeah, on this yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Or,
1: yeah, can you just tell me more about the odds yeah. and the risks and the benefits and, you know, just, just asking those slightly more pressing questions rather than just taking the upfront. Just saying, the, yes, yeah. that's the thing to yeah. do.
0: I have to do that kind of yeah. thing. So. yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, so it's um. So
0: twenty four, twenty five, you're having those kind of conversations, yeah. and then in the between then and your heart surgery, it's kind of like a yeah.
1: So Kirsty, yeah, Kirsty and I have been <coughs> married for uh, uh, four or five years now, I think, and uh, yeah, so it's one of those ones where it's like we, you know, not that we're particularly traditionalist or anything, but you know, we thought, well, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get married, we'll get married and then and then and then we'll and then we'll have, uh, you know, then we'll we'll start this this PGD process. Um, so you know, obviously, that, that's exactly you know what we did after you know had the had the heart surgery, and then we yeah we got married, and um, and then yes start you know approached the the pro- approached our um, consultant who you know who put us on to a uh, genetic counsellor. Yeah. Um, you know, subsequently as 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 this process was happening, um, and I you know like I said we had to take the bloods from um, my mum and from my dad and whatnot, and mm. and then and and my mum suddenly passes Passed away. away. And 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 Kirsty in in the uh, in the sort of mad panic was the day after my mum died. Um, Kirsty went, we need to get we need to get some blood out of her. Oh wow! Because they hadn't done they hadn't taken the blood at that point to then analyse for to compare against to our genetic profiles basically. Yeah, yeah. So. We you know, we we you know, in in the you know, terrible grief that is that moment, yeah we have to try and then you know, we have to get hold of the um you know, get hold of the uh, um pathologist. Yeah. Say, you know, we need we need to get this, you know, and we get hold of the genetic counsellor and she's like, All right, okay, you know, this you know, we'll get get a vial of the blood, get it sent in the post and all of that. Yeah. So we do that and then
0: How was that for you? I mean that must have been like a cut <laughs> like I completely see how you need to do that because it's your future. Yeah. But at the same time, in the moment of grief, sort of the having to sort of park your grief to say this needs to happen. Yeah. Like, how was it for you?
1: Well, I mean, you know, fantastic really on Kirsty to think, have such, uh, such rational thought in such an emotive time. Yeah. Um, and you know, my mum was, absolutely set on having grandkids there. it was you know that was you know she wanted grandkids so much and she you know so we were like oh my god we have to do this yeah, yeah. more now than ever we have to do this for her yeah um so that, i
0: mean that's great right that if you knew that then it kind of feels less um clinical, clinical. You know yeah I mean? yeah it feels like actually this is almost honoring your this is your kind of part and wish kind of thing absolutely. that you wanted grandkids yeah we can do that but we kind of need this to happen first
1: yeah and i think you know, it's so it's so silly, really. You know, because there's nothing my mum could have done, but she, I know that she had that she had the guilt of passing on the condition to me, right? Yeah. Um, which you know, there was absolutely nothing. You know, her, her and my dad wanted children. Yeah. And they had children because you know naturally because that was the only option in 1987 that was available to them. Yeah. So, so and and my sister, it's you know the condition is fifty fifty. You know, so my mum was one of four, two had it, two didn't. Right. I'm one of two, my sister doesn't have it. So you okay. know, it pretty much works out perfectly yeah. in our family. So, you know, and ultimately, you know, they were told it's 50, 50. So, you know, give it a go, you know, yeah. you know, and, and, um, so yes, yeah, so I know she had that, she did have that guilt. And I think I always sort of told her, you know, that was, you know, just don't be silly. You know, there's yeah. actually nothing you could do. And, um, was well,
0: is your sister older than you or younger? Uh, she's younger. Yeah, okay. So, yeah
1: and um. But I know that she was so invested in this PGD process. Yeah. Know, because she was like, you know, if whatever we do, we'll do whatever to get, you know, to get rid of this. So, so we take, you know, we managed to get the pathologist to take the blood, send it up, and lo and behold, gets lost in the post. Oh, you're joking. So then we have, the, again, mad panic, and they, they, we're not even sure after five days if it's, you know, going to be usable. And then, uh, so we take another, they take another vial, and the two of them turn up at the hospital on the same day. So thankfully... That all, that all worked itself out in the end so it is yeah. a, in a moment of real emotional sort of heartbreak for the family yeah. um yeah we managed Kirsty managed to think clearly and we you know we managed yeah. to, to to enable that process to carry on so
0: what an amazing gift of your mum though really yeah. in some respects, yeah you know?
1: absolutely so so yeah so you know once we got the funding and the, the, all of the all the genetic makeup had been done and and then we we you know we started on the process so we were uh, um we we had a diff- various different options in play, in terms of the um, the hospitals that could do this or the clinics that could do it. Um, we ended up after a sort of bit of a selection process and, you know, go to the open days and, you, you know, you go through that and you say, OK, who's going to be best to look after us and, who you know, who's got the best um yeah options for our care really so yeah. we ended up at um crgh uh, which uh, is is uh yeah in um, in london great portland street so okay. really really uh good quality very well thought of um ivf and pgd clinic yeah um and then yeah and obviously you, you know you basically start the sort of standard ivf process in a sense that it's um uh, you know, egg collection, uh, sort of harvesting of, of eggs from from Kirsty, yeah. Um, and and you know that's when you know you really start to see how, how you know how how hard that IVF process is on people, and yeah. and how you know especially you know me, I guess you know me now having that guilt that I've got the uh, that I've got the condition, and it's kirsty who's having to go through the the bulk of the yeah you know the 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 the, the work from yeah. you know from all, all of the uh, the hormone injections and we're having to go up to london every couple of days you know keep keeping a track on her and yeah. um and you know ultimately we we had the first um had the first egg collection um i think we had 13 embryos which is you know pretty pretty good Good going yeah (laughs) pretty good going um and and obviously yeah they go through the blastosis stage you know so they it's four or five days and then basically uh with pgd they then go in the freezer right they take a little biopsy of each one um and then the uh the embryos go in the freezer yeah um of that 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 five day period that leads up to that is ex- it's extraordinarily, um, you're on tenterhooks, you know, because you've got, you know, you get an update after a day, okay, you know, X number have survived, and then you get a couple more days, X number more have survived, right? And then, and, then, and you're like, right, and it's, it's you're sort of waiting for that phone call every couple of days, so you know, think, right, another couple have gone, and another couple have gone, and yeah, right, okay, and I think, I think, so we were 13 and, and then down to seven that went. In, 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 that made it through through to the, to the freezer. Yeah. um, And, and then for, for the testing. So they then take those tiny, tiny um, biopsies of each one and compare it against my genetic profile and mums and, and everything and then they identify okay you know that one's that one's good that one's got it so that yeah. one goes that one goes off for medical research and whatnot <laughs> um and 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 again that 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 takes about i think that took about four weeks for that process to happen so again you're very conscious about this stuff's happening and you can't control it and you're just trying to get on with your life and it's you know it's yeah. a real emotive a real emotive time um so we had so thirteen down to seven, I think it was, and then and then we had the phone call that of the seven, one was good to transfer. Okay. So we were like, we were expecting fifty fifty because yeah, yeah. the condition generally in our family and just generally speaking is a fifty fifty. Yeah. So we were thinking, seven, oh that's good. I'll might get have three, might have four. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> if we're lucky we'll have five. If yeah. we're unlucky, we'll have two. Yeah, we had one. Right. So we're like, okay, it's one. It's cool. We can make that work. Yeah. So we then, then Kirsty then has to restart because it's IVF, the it's standard sort of IVF uh, process, um, they transfer immediately after yeah. the five days. Um, they transfer the embryos back in, in into the, um, into the, um, into the womb. Yeah. Um, with PGD, because of that process of the four weeks, they go in the freezer. Yeah. Kirsty then comes off of all of the hormone um, drugs and that sort of thing, so yeah. everything goes back to normal. So then she's got to build them back up to that. again. Restart to
0: accept it again. To to
1: to yeah to to have the transfer. So um so yeah so we, so we do the transfer and and unfortunately it, it, it doesn't take right. So like you know that is you know that was a that was a tough few days. So I think yeah. you know it was a real you know that was a real hit because you know we. Say we hadn't necessarily, you know, and I think the, you know, we're inherently positive people. You yeah. Know, we don't, you know, we weren't thinking, oh, what if this doesn't work? What if that? What if this? What if that? You know, it was about no. We're gonna, you know, this is gonna this work. Is gonna this work. is gonna work. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be brilliant, okay. and it's gonna be, you know, exactly what we wanted. So yeah. So and and ultimately, yeah, first time round doesn't work. Yeah. So with 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 PGD, you get three rounds on the NHS. Okay. Which is you know is is fantastic because fifteen fifteen thousand pounds a go if you're if you're paying privately it's obviously a huge investment yeah so so but at that point uh the 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 nhs is obviously a private clinic the nhs is funding it the nhs has run out of money at that point right so we have to stop and then we go again
0: do you have to reapply for funding not
1: reapply you just have to wait for the next cycle round so you're on the list and you know you're on the list and you'll be you'll be accepted basically wait till the NHS gets paid it's basically (laughs) the 1st of April and we restart again yeah so yeah I think it was yeah a couple of couple of days into or yeah a couple couple of weeks into April um yeah we restart again
0: and what was your so when remind me again when it when you found out about the failed one when was that what time of year was that Was
1: what uh that was in Good question. So we transfer. I think it was August, September time. So you had like
0: six, seven months. Six, away seven months kind of waiting
1: You know, and that's you know, you're like, oh my god, you got you know, you feel like, you know, I think we've always been quite lucky, you know, in the sense that we've, you know, we've always been in the bit of in, our, in control of our destiny up yeah. until this point, and 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 all of a sudden you feel like you are very much in the hands of other people yeah and that's okay because you understand you know this is all for a good reason and it's a good you know there's a there's there's a reason why we're doing this yeah but it's like oh you know it's just you know it's the unknowns and you think oh what if you know the nhs changes its policy or whatever yeah. i just don't know but yeah so i think yeah so so yeah end of end of april we then restart it go through the second round i think the second time we had 9 or 7 I, it was it was less than the first time i know that much yeah um and and and, and we went through that process and and none of them were were right. suitable and that is you know that was I was really, you know, really crushing because I think we lost, we lost quite a few in that first five, um, five day blastosis period. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was only a couple that went into the freezer. And at that point we were like, oh, well, based on the last time, you know, we start to, you know, feel like we're not holding out a lot of hope. So, and ultimately, yeah, second time, uh, second time we had to, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get anything. Third time, um, we were in the middle of it and then COVID hit. Oh, right. So we had to, it was it. Tools down, everything stopped. All just got stopped. Literally, everything stopped. So, yeah, um, we 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 were just yeah waiting on on hooks for you know for the NHS and for 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 central government to basically say you know IVF processes you know can, can start regime. again. And actually, it was one of the first things to come back. Actually, after oh, really? uh, it was one of the first things they started to enable to ha- to happen, which um, we, you know which was which was good. So yeah. So then the third the third time. is is, uh you know now three and a half i guess um Mm. we uh yeah we start with this and we think right come on you know this is this is it this is the time yeah and uh i think the third time because we were in we were going through you know everything that we were going through the whole you know the whole world was going through with covid and the the the, you know everything from the lateral flows and we were going up to london every couple of days but we couldn't stay up there because there was no hotels so we were literally driving five six hours to London to do 10 minute to have a 10 minute assessment Mm. to then drive three three hours back again and it was and you know and poor Kirsty you know she was you know the the, obviously the IVF process I'm sure you know plenty of people have been through it and and it is you know it's a fantastic you know it's a fantastic thing that they're able to do but it is so extremely difficult on you know, on, 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 on the, on the, on the woman. It, yeah. It's so it's so invasive and, you know, emotionally draining, physically draining, you know, Cassie's trying to work while doing all of this. And, yeah. you know, it is, you know, it's it's one of those things that you really, it, you know, I admire, you know, people, you hear people doing these processes for six, seven, eight years. I, I mean, my heart goes out to them. It really, really yeah. I really admire them for, you know, for that, because you know, we knew that, you know, we, we, you know, we were confident that we had no, fertility related challenges we knew but you know we were doing this solely to try and get rid of the condition
0: yeah just out of interest had, had you had to go through fertility tests before it kind of thing
1: yeah yeah so we'd both gone through fertility tests yeah so, um and yeah there was there was and
0: even that like emotionally there's still like yeah. a you know there's like the the masculine element of it I mean, we've had guests on here before talking about kind of your masculinity and yeah. he's kind of exposed and met lots of people along the way in this line of work that you know it is like that sense of like well it should just happen right yeah. like because i'm i'm it's a man that's thing. kind of what i do yeah. and same for women it's like well i'm born to carry yeah. children that's kind of what i'm that's what my womb's there for isn't it and so yeah it's like an emotional turmoil but and
1: I, I think there was there was definitely an element of that for for both of us when you know we were we were having the egg collections and and, and obviously they were going through the the process that they were going through and it was and it was like you know, is there something wrong with, is wrong something wrong with my sperm? Is there something wrong with, you know, cursed eggs? Yeah. And and, and, and you know, it was just really, really rubbish luck. You yeah. Know, that yeah. was just literally all it came down to. Um, but it was one of those ones where it was like, you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely, you know, your heart and soul is in this. You know, yeah. you're so invested emotionally into this. And, um, you know, and, and you, know, you you obviously wanted to work so so much. And then obviously every time that they, you know, you have that phone call that you know. Yeah, there's there's one, and ultimately, then it, you know, you go for the scan, and it and it's and it's not taken yeah. the second time, where it's you know where where there's you know there's there's none there. Yeah, so I, you know I, you know obviously we 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 go to the gym together, and you know this was before I joined joined the joined the gym I'm at now, and we used to go to we used to go to six o'clock six fifteen classes there, and I got myself into this weird weird habit where. I uh, if we were doing I don't know doing burpees or press ups or whatever I'd be like right just one more one more and that embryo will survive yeah, yeah. one more and, that, and that I'll, I'll have earned that luck yeah and I just got myself into this weird sort of thing where it was like a, if I just debiting you know it, like if, trying uh, to create that connection yeah like it will work build positivity yeah into and it was itself, just I, I was just I, I you know ended up doing <clears> hundreds <throat> more burpees which is a to- horrible <laughs> thought um, just stupid thought <laughs> Because that was, you know, there's
0: definitely that, never been a proven link between yeah. burpees and fertility. <laughs> yeah. <or laughs> um,
1: and yeah, because I was just so, you know, I was looking for anything that could, you know, that could give me that positivity that was, it was going to work. And yeah. it was going to be the time. So, so yeah, so I think, you know, I, I went into, not, not, a, not a dark place, but it was just a place where I was just, you know, I was so heavily, you know, emotionally invested in this. Yeah
0: and there's the desperation of it presumably and as far as like you've you've kind of committed to this process you've lived with this condition for as long as you have yeah. your entire life you've you've lost people to it along the way and actually you know ultimately you wouldn't want that necessarily you wouldn't want your children to have to go through that yeah. if they didn't have to so you're going to give them that opportunity if you can yeah. um and you know that creates all sorts of emotions for you that right?
1: does and 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 to be honest, you feel pretty helpless in that you know, being the man in the process and seeing Kirsty go through so much of what she was going through, yeah um you feel helpless. Yeah. And you also as a couple feel fairly helpless because um you know ultimately you are reliant on luck most yeah. of it, mostly um but also you know you're reliant on the the scientists and the clinic doing their thing. Yeah. Um and you know brilliant as they were at doing it um you know the, there was there was no guarantees and there was there was you know most of it was just down to chance. Yeah. So yeah so so yeah obviously going through the third the third one uh during covid um and then yeah i can't i can't remember actually how many i know across the whole all three all three uh, all three phases um we had 20 i think it was 23 embryos that we collected yeah um and and ultimately the third time um two that that we had uh so i think we had five that were left uh, uh following blastosis um that went for testing um and three had the condition and two that didn't have the condition had, uh, abnormalities and would never have survived. Right. Um, so we were, we were out of luck. That was it. So that was it. So that was our, that was our three, three rounds of <coughs> uh, fun, uh, funded, uh, uh, PGD. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was, that was, the, that was the, yeah, that was the toughest. I think, you know, obviously we were, we, oh, everybody was going through a tough period at that time in the middle of COVID and, uh, have that as well to yeah. throw on top of it was 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 a real uh, was a real backbreaker i guess for us in that sense um and and it, you know it was you know some uh, a few few very sad days yeah. um and you know we'd you know we, we were we'd been in this process now for the best part of 4 years yeah i think by that you know if we'd have said those 4 years prior you know i think we would have said we would have had two kids by that yeah, point yeah. um and and you know in our in our mind how we how we expected it to go um and and yeah and i think you know that that at that point we had to do some real some real you know soul searching uh yeah. together you know and it was you know there was a it was like right okay you know take a few days to the dust to settle and then it's like right okay what, what happens what now, now? Yeah. yeah so um you know and i think we we we, we spoke to our uh genetic counsellor a uh, lady uh, in bath who is just probably the most wonderful human being i've ever met she's yeah. absolutely phenomenal i don't know where i'd be without her yeah and um
0: so they give you they give you counselling to cope to kind of emotionally manage it or are they kind not, of
1: th- no not really they they, 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 they have, the have an update they, they, they have they have some people who you can speak to for, definitely for that but that, yeah they, this they are a team of basically yeah geneticists yeah who yeah obviously incredibly incredibly bright and um and and yeah they sort of are there as your as your sounding board your you know this is okay this is what happens next they take you through the whole process okay you know really just the most supportive you know uh, and helpful people you could ever wish to meet yeah and um and yeah so you know she said right you know let's have a let's have a call in a few days and discuss the options and you know see how see where you want to see where you want to go yeah um so yes yeah, so obviously we yeah we we had that stop you know had that conversation and it was well you know you've, you've obviously got the pgd continue with the pgd yeah you know
0: but at, that would be privately funded privately funded
1: point. by yourself and uh and, and 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 you know at that point you know you know we've been through three and a half rounds of this and we 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 know it we feel like we know this process inside and out yeah and you know, we we you know we sit down and we we go away and we sit down and talk about it and you know we look at each other and it's like well we feel like we've got really like this lack of control yeah and and it's one of those ones where it's like we you know I was I was pretty emotionally done with the whole process but I was yeah. like you know this, I personally you know I need to be there for Kirsty because she's the one putting her body through yeah so much of you know that egg collection process and the transfer process and you know so it's so emotionally and physically draining yeah you know and and you know she sort of said you know I I'm, I don't really want to do the, the that again you Yeah. Know, it's, we could spend 45,000 pounds in another three rounds yeah and we could still end up with no with no baby and you know the odds really and we've had have another not...
0: 4 years of pain and suffering absolutely kind of and, and
1: and you yeah, know and it's and it's like right you know so it's like, okay well then once we've made that, just dis- you know, collectively made that decision as a couple, it's like right. The option obviously is to try naturally. Yeah, um, and you know they they, they were the genetic counsellors again. We you know we went through that full process. Okay, what does that look like? Okay, you get pregnant naturally. You can test. You can test at. Uh, you can test at seven weeks. You'll have the results at nine weeks. <clears throat> um, we can compare it against your. Um, yeah, your, your, your DNA profile, and you can then decide if you if the child has it. Yeah. You are in, fully informed yeah. um, on what you know. You then can make a decision on whether you continue with Keep the pregnancy the or, not. or not. And ultimately, after three or four months, um, that was what happened. Yeah. So you know, it was it was it was a really you know it was in a sense it was a difficult decision to make because we you know we had we'd been. F- pretty fixated on this process or this you know this route since yeah 24 25 we knew that this was our route you yeah know, we'd, we'd, we'd completely we were completely happy with that and then all of a sudden not all of a sudden but you know over the period you know over the over that you know those those three uh pgd rounds and obviously not getting the you know the outcome that we wanted we'd sort of you know we've we've gone back to we've almost done it the reverse way. Yeah, you know, yeah. Most people try natural first and then go to IVF. We've yeah. gone the opposite way. So, you know, so that was, you know, it was, it was one of those times it's like, you know, we, yeah. So we, 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 you know, we found out pretty quickly that we were, we were, we were pregnant and um. had the, had, had, they took the blood from, from Kirsty, went up to Great Ormond Street and, and then came back after, after nine weeks um, and, and, and said, yeah, baby has got the condition right so then you're like right so we've been through all of this after four years to try and get rid of this condition done all of this to get to this stage and ultimately we, we haven't have, managed we, we have a we have a we we, we have a we have uh, an amazing little baby but we, yeah 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 oh uh, yeah and it uh, but it, it has got the condition so it's like right okay now now you know now we have to process this and and ultimately decide you know what we were going to do yeah and and I think, you know, it was it was one of those ones where it's such a difficult conversation to have between the two of you because yeah. you know, we're very close, been together a long time. And it's like, right, well, how do you feel and how do I feel? Yeah. And make a rational case for both sides of this argument. And and you know, we both fell pretty quickly on the fact that, you know, we absolutely did not wanna terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. We were absolutely set we were we know the condition, we've done everything that we possibly could yeah in those th- rounds of pgd <clears throat> you know when we made that decision that we emotionally and physically we didn't want to go down that route anymore we we'd done everything we could and obviously we we'd hoped for our luck but you know i guess our luck wasn't in but yeah we was still pregnant and that yeah. was all the thing we ever wanted you know to have a child so yeah so yeah so you know we we, we made that decision that nope we're going to Absolutely, going to continue down this, and we're going to say medical science has come an incredibly long way. Yeah, in pretty short space of time, really, um, in my lifetime, and um, I think we both sort of. I think the the, the the thing that sort of settled it for both of us was that if in twenty years' time there is something, they'll never remove it from a person once it's in there. But if, yeah. you know, basically, if there is a way, or you know, some some medication or whatever the case may be, that basically is a cure, yeah. as good as. We wouldn't be able to live with ourselves if we'd have terminated. Yeah, the other side of it. It's like. You know, we would have looked at, you know, I know, you know, people look at me and go, oh, you've got a pretty, you know, you can do most of the things you want. Yeah, fit and healthy. Come to the gym and, you know, do my rugby refereeing and, you know, do my sport that I do. And, you know, and, you know, I live a pretty standard life, you know, it's, and, you know, that, that, and I'm really thankful for that. And obviously, you know, the medication that I'm on that helps my maintain my aorta yeah um yeah there's you know we, we basically spoke to um the the consultant uh, uh, um, sort of pediatric consultant um in bristol and, and 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 you know she said you know there's there's options here there's treatment plans that if we can start a baby young yeah on the medication that you're on then then you know they they it really really reduces the need for invasive action right as as, as you know and ultimately that's what we want to avoid is, is is that you know nobody wants to be having a heart operation open heart surgery at 28 yeah um so you know can we can we prolong you know can we push that back as much as possible yeah to the point of maybe hopefully baby might not actually have to have it so yeah so you know the whole process we're we're 7 months pregnant um as as we speak and the whole process up to this point since we were since we found out we were pregnant has just been just unbelievable the the, the NHS and what they what they've done for us I cannot I you know I could not have wished for better you know we've had you know the, the you know very very senior consultants um having meetings just about our unborn child yeah. um and and this treatment plan that they're putting together you know heart scans and you know <coughs> incredible how they can you know scan a do an echo on a baby's you know a, a four month five month old baby oh, at, wow. at, you know in in it's still in the womb you know yeah. um is 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 just absolutely mind-blowing so i think you know we feel very very fortunate that we have got locally again maybe, you know maybe more by luck that we have a have you know, a really well-informed um, clinic that knows an extraordinarily large amount about our condition, yeah. and you know, they are—they don't see—they don't see many uh, because the condition's fairly rare. It's, I think, you know, I think it's somewhere between it's about one in fifteen thousand people in the UK that have okay. it. So, you know, there's thousands of these conditions that you know that uh, that people live with, and they don't see that many. Uh, um uh unborn children yeah that they know have got the condition like absolutely certain certain so in a sense they're using us as a bit of a case study which is which is great because we get all of this you know we get all of these uh amazing uh scans and treatment and and plans and everything all drawn up uh you know ahead of ahead of baby's arrival yeah um and you know i feel you know it's obviously it's not you know in a sense it's not what we had hoped in that we would get rid of that condition altogether and it would be yeah. and it would, oh, it, you know it would die with in me uh within our family um but ultimately you know speaking a couple of months out from from baby being here I feel like we have give we're giving it yeah the best chance that we can to have a normal you know life that yeah you know just just any other any other child so so yeah I think you know in that respect it's Right now, it sits quite comfortably, I think, with me, and I I think I can speak for Kirsty. Whereas, you know, you know, there was that time where it was like, "Have we just passed on our problem to the child? You know, have we have we not done enough to 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 get that out?" But it was it was like, "Well, we we want to have a child. We want to have a child so badly, and we've we've waited, and you know, we've gone." you know we've made those sacrifices and we've you know we've 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 tried everything we can and we yeah. know in our heart of hearts we've tried everything we can so let's just go with this route yeah. and give it the best life and we'll love it and and you know and and we'll we'll give it that life that you know we know it you know it can have and hey you know we say 15 years down the line there may be some things get you know that 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 come available you know whether it's privately or nhs whatever that that that, you know can can even further improve the condition and the treatment of the condition even more so than than is already available so
0: yeah i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing isn't it sort of think even if you just sort of step back to 87 when you were born yeah that's right isn't it so born in 87 kind of thing the the condition was known in an entirely different way and if you think now in your 30s kind of you know how far they've come and kind of just the contrast between the treatment your baby's going to get and that you got as a baby it's like well if we take that as merit and also look at the fact that if your nan had it and survived till she was 70 yeah then it's not like you're saying there's a nailed on situation that you're letting yourself in for absolutely it's a it's a risk and vulnerability and actually i guess as as humans we are completely fallible and as far as like we have lots of ailments (laughs) and things that go wrong with us (laughs) at different times right and and actually where do we where do we draw the line in terms of um saying what is okay and what's not okay for us to live with you know like you know kids are born with all sorts of things be it kind of Type 1 diabetes, I yeah. mean, you know, stuff like that. That kind of, you know, would you, you wouldn't consider saying, well, a child's got that. So, absolutely. No, we're not yeah. going to carry on.
1: Well, it's friend, friends of ours who we've, you know, as we were going through the IVF process, um, we had uh two two, uh, two couples uh friends who were going through uh, similar processes. <clears throat> One uh who has a child who's got um, cystic fibrosis. All right. And they wanted a second child. So they were going through PGD pretty much exactly like we were. Right. Um, and um and yeah, and, and ultimately they, they, they had a they were they, they had a child without CF as the second child, right. which was, you know, fantastic for them and we had another couple a friend who you know were all you know close friends of ours who who were going through IVF uh for fertility related reasons yeah and they were you know they were our rock yeah um going through that but like you know they and they, they ultimately you know had a had a child as well which is absolutely fantastic for them so yeah. you know we, we we felt like we were going through it but you know we were obviously very conscious of um our friends with, the, you know, the child who's got CF, you know, and then he, we, we were sort kind of thinking about, you know, well, actually, our child with you know, with with Lois Dietz, mm. actually, you know, in in, compare, in comparison to something like CF, mm. it's nowhere near as life-limiting or as, yeah. you know, challenging day-to-day as, you know, living with something like CF. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, in that, that was another thing where it's actually like, you know what, we know this condition. And actually, the, the amazing thing is... Is going through this whole uh, uh, gene mutation uh, process, they found out much more about me. Yeah. So this is actually impacted on my treatment. So they, you know, it was always thought that the fam- my, my family had Marfan syndrome, right? And and actually, and obviously, they, they, you know, over the last fifteen years, they've basically identified this this Louis arm of of Marfan syndrome, and actually the threshold for intervention on the heart is actually lower in Lloyd's Dietz than it is in Marfan's. Right. So what that means is, is that now I can have, uh, my care can be much, much more tailored to me knowing full well that I have this is the exact mutation that I have rather than this not capture all but a slightly more broader broad brush um, yeah. if you've got a heart condition that's what it's yeah and, yeah and you know so so I think you know the aortic route uh the measurement for intervention in Marfans is five centimetres but in Lloyd's Dietz it's four centimetres. Okay. Now I when I had my operation, I think I was at four point five. Right but at the time they didn't know they thought oh, i was i was still within the the you know just you know I was just creeping up into the you know we need to act yeah um versus actually i was actually half a centimeter beyond the beyond point where which you should have, have been acted. intervened yeah. and <laughs> the surgeon that's the amazing woman she uh after the i woke up after the operation she turned to me and said uh, uh months not years left we timed it perfectly i was like i oh, was very reassuring <laughs> <laughs> great timing yeah. yeah but i think that's you know the outcome of all of this is that not only not only have we you know we've obviously done our best to 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 remove the condition but we also know so much more which can affect my care yeah and ultimately you know will impact baby's care yeah um much more than if we were still you know under the broad spectrum of oh it's marfan syndrome yeah rather than no it's louis Dietz, and it's this type of you know it's this exact gene mutation so we know we have to act at this point rather than somewhere slightly further along yeah which is much much greater risk which is ultimately what happened to my mum yeah yeah so there's you know there's still huge benefits and still a great outcome you've got a lot of, of knowing value from more it kind of thing yeah. yeah so so you know ultimately that's 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 really positive for us and yeah. I think that was an, you know another thing where we felt more comfortable continuing with the pregnancy and continuing you know with a with a child with it with Louis deets um rather than rather than making that decision to terminate. Mm. so yeah.
0: well like any condition right like you you know if you can live with it then they, you know you think about people who live with kidney failure and that kind of thing you know in years gone by without dialysis and that kind of thing then people wouldn't have survived right but you're you're better informed you've got more to bring to the table and let's not dismiss the fact i suppose that yes this whole process has been about getting to the point whereby you're having a baby but actually you'll be a father at the end of this as well and so you're you know it's a it's a dual purpose right you want you to survive and you want babies to survive so that as a family you're a unit right um and so albeit i suppose the purpose of it was to try and remove the defect for the for the baby um in the end you've got so much more value out of it as a family than you would have ever got right
1: yeah absolutely it's incredible yeah no we we feel very very lucky and we are Wow, well, we can't we can't wait to be parents. We're realistic, yeah. I think, in that it's not going to be easy, and there's going to yeah. be challenges. Um, but we're super excited. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's something that we yeah, we know for a long time we've wanted, and uh, yeah, we've we've worked very hard yeah, for, yeah. and we've taken a very uh, alternative route, perhaps compared <laughs> to others. Um, uh, but yeah, ultimately, you know, we, yeah, uh, we're we, we, we you know, we can't wait. So,
0: just thinking about the fact that you know it's there now, and obviously you knew it at birth. Um, well, not you personally, but your parents yes. know at birth. When did your mum and dad make you aware you had it? Was it like uh,
1: a, a yeah? Good question. I can't really remember the exact moment. Yeah, uh, I, I
0: were you quite young though? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I you know. I obviously it's, it's the you know from from as, as long as I can remember. Yeah. we were taking the trip to London uh, once a year, uh, and you know, a man was or a woman was putting uh, a cold jelly on my heart on my chest and you know putting you know pushing an echo uh around and um yeah you know you just you know i, I was probably i don't know five just maybe. Of your life kind of and yeah, I, yeah that's I, i've always been very open very transparent and always talked you know very very openly about my condition and ultimately around about the ivf and the pgd yeah process um well, certainly, up to the end of the first PG, uh, first round of, of of PGD, I was very, very open about it. Yeah. I was very, um, you know, I was not—I don't say proud of of who I was, but it's just—it's part of who I am. It's part yeah. of my family. It's part of our story. Yeah. And you know, I was—I was, I was never—I never shied away from it. I never, you know, I, I, you know, say, you know, I, I was never embarrassed by it or anything like that. So. Yeah. Um, and But I think, you know, when we were going through the second and third rounds of, of IVF, it started to take its toll that little bit more emotionally. And I, I think the barriers went up a little bit. Mm. And, you know, I think I know people stopped asking about it, you yeah. know, and I stopped talking about it because all of a sudden it became that much more... I don't know, became that more, much more real, rather than yeah. being a, a, a sort of concept. You know, in the future, we were in there and we were living it, and it was real. And you know, we were, you know, we. I think we we sort of sort of put our barriers up that set, the second and third round, and 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 yeah, and didn't didn't talk about it, and didn't really engage family and friends that much, other than the, yeah. the couples that we were very close to who were going through IVF at the same time. Um, you know, we 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 really didn't talk about it, just just as a I think as a protective barrier as much as anything else but yeah. other than that I've always been very yeah very open and willing to to talk and um yeah and, and have myself well <laughs> prodded <laughs> and poked and uh, for medical for medical science so you know I've always been very you know open with it just you know it's, it, it, I think you grow up with something I guess maybe different people do things differently but I've always just been very sort of rational about it I can't change it I can't yeah. I, I mean, I, I can affect it in the in the sense that you know, I, you know, I've been told don't lift heavy weights, don't don't go on long runs, and that sort of thing. You know, just eat well and don't you know don't carry too much weight. Could yeah. obviously do you lose it, You always lose a, lose a few kgs, but, um, you know, just you know, live a healthy lifestyle, and that's the best thing to do. So that's yeah. the only thing I can really do to affect it. Yeah, I can't really change anything else. Yeah. So why why hide it you know why why not be transparent and why not come and do something like this and you know if someone else is going through a similar thing you know then you know i've shared my story and that's just part of who i am so yeah Yeah. i can't yeah i can't exactly remember the moment i knew i had it or you know um
0: presumably how how do you feel when baby's born and
1: babies when
0: do you have you thought about when you're I guess you'll need, because of the plan, you're going to, baby. It's just going to be a part of the fabric of their life anyway, in terms of oh, like getting oh. checked and tested and all
1: that sort of stuff. So. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think, our oh, did say this a few weeks ago. She was like, well, what if, what if baby's not quite as, <laughs> what if baby grows up not to be quite as uh, staunchly, st- stoically rational as you are? <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, well, you know, well, we will we will figure out that as we go along. But, you know, I think you know we'll will create a family environment and a family culture that enables that child to be themselves, and yeah. and and we talk openly about it. And you know, yeah. we we are you know we don't we don't hide away from it, and we don't pretend that they're different or you know any any you know anything different to any normal child you know yeah. and and there's you know obviously we hope and we you know we we remain you know really hopeful that that the the condition is is managed and we are able to give that child its life you know as any child growing you know any normal child growing up so yeah, yeah. i think it's you know it's it's for me it feels like it's you know it's creating that environment where we we talk about it we're open about it yeah and 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 we enable the child to you know either be, you know, empower it to know, yeah. un, you know, to to know everything about the condition if it wants to know if it's got the interest that I had. Yeah. But also if it doesn't, then it's okay. We can, you know, we can manage its care and you know we can just make sure that it has you know the best life it can possibly have. What so, it needs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, you're right. It's that that sort of openness and honesty about it is so powerful in terms of. I guess that's what this is. This conversation is about, right? Yeah. It's about kind of the dialogue, and it's. A, a, I was really interested sort of hearing you sort of about round one feeling like you're more open and then gradually feeling like you're closing down. And I completely understand that's a natural human reaction mm. because, you know, I suppose it's more, it becomes more of a, a real threat, doesn't it? In yeah. terms of like, actually, the closer we get to the end of round three, the more likely it is that this won't happen. Yes. or And then we've got to kind of come to terms with that. And whilst we're feeling really positive in round one, then actually it's okay talking about it because mm. we're confident this is going to happen. Yeah. And then suddenly the sort of tables are turning, and I think it takes a lot of. That's why it always stands out for me is whenever people do talk about this story, that it takes a lot of courage and bravery to do it. And I, I'm not. I know for you, you you know you've always kind of set that out as a stool that this is how I am with it, right? But I think anybody who's been through any sort of journey you know, when you are going through something in terms of mental and emotional struggle, being able to talk about it is the the single most powerful thing you can yeah. do and yet it's the furthest thing that you want to yeah. do. Um, and But the minute you do, it does kind of relieve the tension in it oh, a bit yeah. and kind of gives you that. And I guess for you guys, it was amazing that you had kind of a couple of couples around you. Yes, yes. Because you've got a support network, yeah. but kind of keeping it all insular become so much more difficult because all of your the rest of your life has to carry on yeah. existing around you right and yeah
1: that's it work and and family and you know we were yeah we yeah i we, I, I listened to the um Alex Bailey in the first episode that mm. you, you did and um yeah and it, uh, you know a bit of what he said really resonated with me in terms of you know the family you know what was quite a, a you know a close unit of uh, you know a family unit um you know we 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 sort of you know we did we did put those barriers up and we did push them away and we didn't really communicate with with you know with some of them about what was going on because we just didn't feel that we didn't want to have to relay what we were going through you know that that you know one day right you get the phone call a couple have gone and then the next day and then a couple more have gone yeah. and then four weeks later and they're all gone and you, you, you didn't you didn't want to have to have that conversation more times than you needed to yeah. because it's, 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 it's heartbreaking hearing it, but equally, you know, you, you, at the time it felt like it was that bit more heartbreaking relaying it. Yeah. But I yeah. Think, you know, You're having
0: of, to relive it every time, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, but looking back on it, could we have, you know, t- we talking about it with that, the, the supportive family network, mm been that bit more helpful possibly and um but yeah it's it's you know you live and you it's live making, and I mean,
0: it's also it's making it's the choice that's right for absolutely. you at the time, at the right? time. you're think. in it
1: and you you're really feeling it at the time and I think you know whatever you do at that moment in time is is probably the right decision for you in that moment in time yeah. and the way you look the way you look back on it is not how you felt in that moment you always think yeah. of, you think about it differently positively positively or negatively you won't you won't think about it as you felt about it in the moment yeah so. yeah
0: well, with that in mind, I mean, that's it's an incredible journey, and in terms of um, yeah, amazing. And and that's I suppose that's it, really, to think that you know, we met through the gym, and none of the, that was presumably all going on while we were training and we doing too many burpees, <laughs> yeah, we were, um, in, in some capacity, yeah. and you know but yet to the outside world you're being entirely normal as such but there's a lot going on inside kind of thing so you you never know what's going inside but that's right do you that's yeah but um what i was going to say was uh, having been on that journey what one piece of advice would you give to somebody else that's going through it or is kind of either in a similar situation or is kind of where you were at the age of twenty four or twenty five or at any stage what yeah. would you what would you say to somebody else
1: i think it's like we said earlier i think for me it's 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 being able to have those those conversations and and ask those perhaps difficult questions where you feel like yeah like you said you you know you the n h s or the you know the private clinic or whatever the case may be you know you you trust those who who are you know advising you and consulting on you and it's actually you know like i said i don't want to re- i don't want to regret anything um but if i was to say to my 24 year old self would be ask those questions ask more questions know that know the process understand the process understand the the odds yeah and you know not bury your head in the sand but you know don't be perhaps a tad blasé that, oh, I'm just just that, I'm so positive and the positivity will get me through and it will happen. And, you know, we are very positive people and we will remain very positive people, but, you know, there are times where positivity takes you so far and then, you know, you need need to ask those, you need to ask those questions and, and be better informed. And I think, the one you know for me now i am so you know it's not just my care now it's baby's care as well and i want to know i want to know meticulous detail about my condition and everything and how it affects me and how it affects baby and that for me is like i want to know that and i think yeah if 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 you're that way inclined as as i am now certainly uh compared to how i used to be was you know is 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 don't be afraid to ask those questions those the consultants are there to help they're there to support you yeah and you might feel like you're being a bit of a pain in the bum, Mm. but ultimately it's your life. It's your baby's life. And, you know, you you know, it's your care that, you know, you've you've got your best interest at heart, so you know, ask ask those challenging not challenging questions, but ask ask those questions to be fully fully informed if that's yeah. the way you want to be, sort of thing. Don't feel like you can't.
0: Yeah. I totally hear that. And I think that's something that I think everyone could take away from it is, you know, don't don't be afraid to kind of want to be comfortable in the position you're in, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. Well thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to chat to you. Thank and thank um, you. yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who take a lot away from the Hour or so that we've got, but thank you very much, and um, yeah, we'll, I'll see you at the gym probably tomorrow
1: or yeah, see you yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, mate, thanks very much. And there we have it that's it for this week's born human podcast a massive thanks to alex for coming on and joining us today and taking us down a nice little science rabbit hole trying to understand the amazing things that modern medicine can do but what really did stick out for me in this conversation was the fact that no matter how hard we try there was never a guarantee and so we end up always making these kind of we have to make these judgment calls in life I admire Alex and Kirsty for going on that journey and for pushing down that road to try and eradicate this thing from their future. But ultimately the other thing that really sticks out for me is that, that we're in a much better place these days to handle these kind of medical conditions. And with modern medicine where it is, that we are capable of having faith that in 30 years time when his daughter is the same age as Alex is now, that things might be very different and we have faith in that as people thank you as ever for joining us today it's been amazing join us next week for our very last episode of the season where we're joined by dominie hooper talking about building better families the woman that i credit with saving my own family which i think is a fitting way to end season one We're already really excited about season two. We've got loads of great people lined up to join us and we can't wait to get going on that. Thank you to everyone that's joining us so far and we look forward to seeing you next week for our very last soiree before we wrap up for season one.